Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. to an amazing verse of scripture. It's a Christmas passage. How many think you know what the Christmas passage is going to be? If you look in your sermon notes, you're going to get a head start. I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 19. Galatians 4 and verse number 19. Now realize this is not your typical Christmas verse okay i asked dustin dustin if he would come up earlier and he read to us one of the famous christmas stories out of the all the gospels is luke chapter 2 you'll hear more about that as we continue to go into the christmas season but as i was studying the last several weeks in preparation for this particular message this verse really stuck out to me let's read it together it's on the screen i believe i also have it in your notes but let's read this out loud out loud together it says my children I am against suffering labor pains for you until Christ is formed in you. Let's read that last part that I have in bold and underlined. Christ is formed in you. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we pray that you speak to our hearts and to our lives today. And as we go into this Christmas season, help us never ever to forget really what it's all about. And how we're celebrating the birth of your son Jesus to come into this earth to live a sinless life, ultimately to die and to rise again victoriously and conquer death, hell and the grave to provide a way of salvation for us so that we could be in a right relationship with you. That's really what it's all about. And as we're here on this earth and after we accept you as our savior and the wonderful plan of salvation, The ultimate goal is that Christ is being formed within us. That we're just not going through a series of religious activities. But Lord, we're we're in the process of being transformed into the image of your son. Lord, I pray that you give me clarity of thought today as I try to unpack This thought process that I have about what really is the true meaning of Christmas and asking and answering the question, will Christmas really come in 2017? I pray you have your will and your way in our time together. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. I want you to take your sermon notes out, if you will, please. And I've got a few things I want you to jot down. And, and really, it's, it's kind of a simple question and a simple thought. And I'm just going to unpack it briefly. Uh, I've, I'm going to bring it down to one word uh, at the very end that I really want you to get. But here's the title of my message. The title of the message is, Will Christmas Really Come? Will Christmas Really Come? For millions of people, I mean, for a mass majority of people 
Christmas never really comes. Now, December 25th comes, right? Uh, December 25th comes every year, just like January 1 comes every year. It's uh, another day on the calendar. Obviously, December 25th is going to come. But Christmas never really comes for a lot of people simply because they don't really understand exactly what has taken place. So the title of the message, Ask a Question, Will Christmas Really Come?, the question itself is implying that it's possible that Christmas does not come for some people. And it's very true. For a lot of people, Christmas does not come. Well, I hope and pray with under the sound of my voice and us here at Victory Church that Christmas will come for us. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about the date. I'm not talking about the Christmas Eve service or the Christmas morning that we have with our families and opening gifts and the such. I'm talking about the real meaning of Christmas. Will it really come for every single one of us? So here is my prayer. My prayer is this, that somehow for every single one of us this Christmas, that God's spirit will come upon us. My prayer is that his spirit will come upon us and that it will do something, that it will change us. You see, if you experience the Christmas season and you go through all there is to go through and you hit every one of the events and you hit everything on the calendar and you come to the Christmas Eve program that the kids are going to do, you come to the candlelight communion Christmas Eve service that we're going to have, you hit every one of the Sunday services on Christmas and it does not change you, then you've missed Christmas, my friends. Because when you experience The plan of salvation, when you experience the Christ child in your heart and the Holy Spirit of God comes upon you, then friends, it's going to change you. You, There's no way that you can be the same person. You can't come to the foot of the cross or come to the manger scene one way and leave the exact same way. It's going to change you. So my prayer is that this Christmas season that your hearts and your lives are changed. My prayer is today, all I'm trying to do today is to get you prepared for the Christmas season. Really, all I'm trying to get you to do today is think about some things that are completely different than what the world is wanting you to think about whenever you think about Christmas. Because if God's Spirit really moves on our hearts and in our lives... It's going to change us, and I think then and then only will we be able to experience Christmas. We know that Christmas has come, right? We're in the Christmas season. Christmas has come commercially. Write that down. That's your first fill in the blank. Christmas has come commercially. In other words, we look around, and way before Thanksgiving, there were Christmas decorations. Matter of fact, even before Halloween, there were Christmas decorations. I mean, the malls and the Walmarts and the Targets and all the big box stores, they were already decorating and putting out their Christmas trees. I remember seeing Christmas trees out and fully lit and wreaths in October. And I thought, wow, that's so early for Christmas. But Christmas obviously is here commercially, right? I mean, the Black Friday sales have already taken place. 
Any, anybody capitalize on any good Black Friday sales? There were some good ones out there. Yeah, I mean, not that it's not a sin, right? You're a good manager. You should be a good manager of what God's placed in your possession. You should be looking for a bargain. So it's not a sin to have a black to take advantage of a Black Friday sale. You should be doing that. What about Cyber Monday? We got any internet shoppers that you do most of your shopping online? That's where I do the majority of mine anymore. I will go out and hold some things and look at some things and. And then I usually wind up ordering it online because sometimes I can get it cheaper, which I know is not good for the local merchants. I, I know the dilemma of all of that. But anybody, anybody take advantage of Cyber Monday? There were some amazing deals. I don't know. I've got some emails from some different places where I shop, and, and these, different, these amazing deals that they were doing on Cyber Monday were just, were just fantastic. My, my point is that Christmas is here commercially. Matter of fact, do you know that Santa Claus has already been making his appearance? Right? I mean, he, he was in the Belleville Parade, and I guess he's been in every parade there's been since they've been having Christmas parades here locally. And he was the last one that came through in the Santa Parade in Belleville. Anybody go to the Belleville Parade and see that? Yeah, there's several of you guys there. We were there, and saw Santa came through. Talk to me after church. I'll tell you the most exciting thing about the parade, and that was pretty cool. But I'm, I'm not going to tell you right now. But anyway, it was kind of funny to watch that. Santa was coming through. Do you know that Santa Claus was even at Bass Pro? We were talking with a family at the Belleville Christmas Parade, and they're all dressed up in camouflage and brand-new camouflage boots for all the boys in the family. And I said, hey, where'd you guys get all that stuff? And it looks good. You guys look good. So, oh, we just came from Bass Pro. Do you know Santa Claus is at Bass Pro? I said, Dad, you are a genius. You took your kids to see Santa at Bass Pro. I mean, that's a win-win for everybody, Right? Right? So Christmas has certainly come commercially. You know, also, not only has it come commercially, but Christmas has also come socially, right? I mean, we enjoy going out with our families and, and our friends and our co-workers and dressing up and going out to all the Christmas dinners, right? So Christmas has come socially. Do you realize I was reading a while back, there was, a, and this is several years ago that he actually did this, but there was a man in Salt Lake City, Utah, that sent out six hundred Christmas cards to people across the country that he did not know. Now, he went online and he found names and addresses of 600 people in various cities across the country, and he made sure that he did not know them, and he sent out 600 Christmas cards to all these individuals. What was amazing is that he got 117 responses to the 600 Christmas cards that he sent out. Let me read to you one of the responses that he received. One lady wrote back and said, It was so good to hear from you. Your card arrived the day that I got home from the hospital. And I can't tell you what an encouragement it was to hear from an old friend. There was another response that he got back of the 600 cards that he sent out to total strangers. Another one wrote and said, I have to admit that when we received your card, we couldn't really picture you. We had to think hard for a long time before we remembered. And by the way, please give our regards to your father. He is such a wonderful man. (laughs) He didn't know these folks. This one took the cake, though. Listen to this one. One guy wrote back and he said, it was so good to hear from you after all these years. By the way, we're going to be in Salt Lake City next summer. Would it be all right if we came and spent a few days with you? (laughs) 
the point is you better be careful who you're sending Christmas cards to, right? They may just show up on, you know, on your doorstep. But that, we know that Christmas certainly has come socially. We know that Christmas has come in the church, right? I mean, it's that time of year. Look at all the beautiful decorations and everybody that was here yesterday and, and, and working so hard to decorate the church and put the manger scene up and the Christmas trees. And by the way, be sure you go out to the Christmas tree out in the Connection Cafe because on there we had our kids in children's church make little decorations themselves and they have their decorations that they made in children's church and they put it on the Christmas tree out there. I thought that was pretty cool, right? That was a nice touch, ladies. Whoever thought of that, I don't know if that was originally with Becky's idea. I think it may have been Becky's idea. Whoever thought of that, that's, that's amazing. Wonderful job. Matter of fact, I pulled Olivia uh, Sega over yesterday and I want to take some picture of the kids and and uh and I said hey is this your Christmas ornaments and she was pretty reluctant I said point out the one that you made and she walked over there and the only way she would point at it is if mom would point at it with her. So mom pointed at it, and she pointed at it, and mom quickly jumped out of the way, and I got a good picture of her pointing at it. But how cool it is to be able to take our kids up to a Christmas tree here at church, and they see something on there that they made. So genius idea. Thank you for that, Becky. So Christmas obviously has come at church, right? We have our Christmas services. We have our children's service on the 17th. We have our Christmas Eve service at 6 o'clock, candlelight and communion time. The decorations are beautiful. You guys do an amazing job every year. Christmas obviously has come. However, what does it mean for Christmas to really come? Here's what I want you to get. In Galatians 4 and 19, it says, My children, I am again suffering labor pains for you. Until Christ is formed in you. Here's the application. Paul is praying, and put this in your sermon notes. Paul is praying that Christ be formed inside the hearts and lives of all of us. For us to really experience Christmas, there's going to have to be a change that takes place in our heart and in our life. Whenever we come to the manger scene and we come to the cross and we accept Christ as our Savior, it should change us. So the question we're asking is, what does it mean for Christmas to really come? What it means is that our hearts are changed. What it means is that our life is changed. What it means is the way that we used to live in the flesh and in the sinful desires of the world, there's been a change that's taken place in us. Behold, old things are passed away. All things have become new, Scripture says. So Christmas changes us, right? It changes our heart and it changes our life. And this passage of Scripture in Galatians 4.19, this is what Paul's prayer was. Paul's prayer, look at it, he says, my children, I am again suffering labor pains. Now, obviously, what he's doing, he's groaning and he's lamenting and he's, he's, he's spending time in prayer and he's pouring his heart out to God that his people that he's been ministering to, that they would receive Christ as their Savior and And it'd be more than just a mouth profession. There would be a heart change that would take place. And Christ would move into their heart and into their life and transform their heart. And they'd be formed into the image of Christ. That's the ultimate goal for all of us. Guys, that's what it means to experience Christmas. It means for us to come to Christ and realize, you know what? I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. 
I need to trust Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. But it's more than even that. It's now that I'm going to live for Him. You see, I don't live for Him so that I can merit heaven. I don't try to do good works for Him so that He will accept me into heaven. All of that gift was made and penalty was paid and gift was given on the cross. I come to Jesus freely, right? But since I come to the cross, I now leave the cross trying to serve Him and be a changed man. That's what Christmas really is all about. You think about how we've changed in our culture. You think about how we change and we evolve as we get older and as we have more wisdom. And you think about all that's taken place in our life. I mean, you think about the things that we have adapted to fairly well. Think about the environment, if you will. We now have, most of us have, we all have this clean air that we can breathe. We have clean water, purified water that we can drink. We have enriched food. Many folks are on different type of food diets, and we know things to stay away from because we want to live healthier lives. I mean, we've adapted fairly well to the environment. Would you not agree? I know at our house we have a, a, a big water filter purifying system and I always know when the salt in the water system is running out because the wa- you can feel the, how hard the water is. Maybe it's just a mosquito thing, but mosquito has some very hard water out there. Anybody relate to that? Right, So we have this water filter, and it filters all the water in the entire house and a salt system. I mean, we've learned how to adapt with the environment, with air and water and food that we drink. Matter of fact, with technology, we've changed there, right? I remember the day when I would never think I would carry around a laptop or a smartphone. I mean, we've learned how to program our computers. How many of you guys remember the first computer that you had to sit down and kind of start working on a little bit and program it a little bit? Do you guys remember the the DOS mode that you used to have to type in the different commands to kind of make it do some things that you need? That was the entry-level position for me. And I was a little late getting in the game, and I realized there was more of you that were involved in it way before then. But that's kind of when I got into it. Matter of fact, when I got into it, we had these big five-and-a-half floppy disks. You guys know what they are? I mean, they're literally floppy. I mean, this like thin paper. You put that thing in there, and you kind of write the programs. You get the thing to work. And what a day it was when we had a 3.5 megabyte, this is the three-and-a-half-inch disk. That was it, three, 3.5 megs, I think you could put on that thing? What was it? 1.44. So wasn't a whole lot. But listen, that served the purpose of that day. I mean, that wouldn't even come close to running some programs that are out there today. I mean, we've evolved pretty well with that, right? We've adapted to our computers. We've adapted to our smartphones. We've adapted to social media. I mean, think about social media. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have LinkedIn. We have Instagram. We have Google+. We have Snapchat. What else is there? Did I miss something? I know I did. WhatsApp. Yeah, I'm on that one all the time also now with, with Kristen. So, I mean, we've adapted pretty well even with social media, and we've conquered that, and we've changed. But you know something we have not adapted very well at? Getting along with one another. We haven't adapted well with that. But every year we hear the same message, how the angels came, and they said what? Peace on earth, goodwill towards man. We hear that message every single year. But you know what the problem is? It hasn't changed us. We haven't really experienced Christmas because literally it has not changed us. Do you realize that this is a major number 
In the year 2017, do you realize that there have been 307 mass killings in the year 2017? It's a pretty good indicator that we are not getting along very well one with another. Pretty good indicator that December 25th is coming every single year. The Christmas story is being told every single year, right? We're sharing the angelic message that the angels were proclaiming that peace on earth. But yet you look around on our, in our earth today, in our world today, and I would say we have anything but peace, right? I remember the day when you never even thought about locking the doors at the church, ever. I remember the day when growing up at home, we never locked the doors at home. Matter of fact, we never took our keys out of the ignition. The key was always in the car when I was growing up. Right? The doors were always unlocked. But we have anything but peace today. Would you agree? Why is that? It's because December 25th comes and goes every single year. See if I can get my math right here. The earth makes 359 revolutions all the way up to December 25th. And our hearts and lives still haven't changed. Christmas comes and Christmas goes, but it doesn't change us. We go through the Christmas season commercially. We go through the Christmas season socially. We go through the Christmas season as far as church is concerned. And we go and we go and we go and it doesn't ever change us. Matter of fact, there's another website out there. And I thought it was kind of a morbid thing to kind of watch, but I was intrigued by it nonetheless. And I can't remember the exact website. You can Google it and find it. But it's up-to-date deaths or dying up-to-date. And it gives the number one killer. And, and it talks about people are dying. I think it's um, Romans, Romans something. It's some kind of web, website out there, 322 or something like that. But I, I pulled that up, and it's telling you exactly, statistically, when people are dying. And, of course, you know what the number one death rate in America is, don't you? More people are dying at what than anything else? Abortion. Right? It's amazing the deaths that take place with abortion. But anyway, you can read all of that and see. The point I'm trying to get you to see is that we come and go through Christmas season every single year. And for millions of people, it's just another day on the calendar. And they they experience Christmas commercially. They experience Christmas socially. They experience Christmas with the church. But they don't experience Galatians 4.19 type of Christmas where Christ is being formed in them. And they themselves are being changed. Would you agree with me? So I think what we've got to do, we've got to get to the place where Christ is being formed in us. Right? Where Christ is being formed in us. In us. That's what Christmas means. Christmas means that Christ is being formed in us. The greatest need that we have every single Christmas is for Christ to be formed in us, for Jesus to be formed in us, for Jesus to live in us, for Jesus to show us how to accept one another, how to forgive one another, how to reduce the tensions and the fear and the prejudices that takes place one with another. That can only happen with a heart change. You know, you look at everything that's going on in our world today and you think, what is the answer? The answer is Jesus, my friends. The answer is a heart change. Matter of fact, 
Can I get off on a soapbox here? What time is it? 1020. I promise you I'll stop by 11. I said 1020, 1120. I'll stop by 1130. I promise. Let me ask you a question. We see all this sexual harassment and all these men falling from these high-powered positions today. And, and we wonder, why is that happening? We see the mass killings and we're appalled. Let me ask you a question. Why, why are we appalled? Why, why are we appalled when someone instigates a mass shooting? Why should that bother us? Why are we appalled when someone has sexual relations or has some type of sexual abuse on the job with their co-workers? Why should that even bother us? Why should it bother us? Because for generations now in our colleges and in our universities, we have been teaching that there are no moral absolutes. There's nothing that's right for you that's necessarily right for someone else. There's nothing that you can say is wrong that's necessarily wrong with someone else. There are no moral absolutes. There are no Ten Commandments. There is no God. There is no Bible. So why in the world do we get upset when someone pulls the trigger and destroys lives whether it's a mass shooting of any kind. Why in the world do we get upset when these men are having these sexual relations with these other people? What's Why? Why are we getting upset? There are no moral absolutes. Right? We may teach that in our schools. But friends, there are some moral absolutes. You can deny them all you want to. Killing is wrong. And the reason why we get upset when there's mass killings is because God said what? Thou shalt. Right? You take God out of things, you know what you do? You take the value of the human life completely out with it. Right? You know why there's fighting among races today? Because we've taken God out of everything. Now... I'm a man, I've studied the life of Dr. Martin Luther King. He, and even his daughter today, godly people. I would have stood hand in hand with him and the message that he was proclaiming back in his day. But what's going on today is nothing but a war on race. God is completely out of it. So I'm going to get off my soapbox down and get back on my Christmas message, okay? What's going on in America? We're going through the motions, but Christ is not being formed in us. Yesterday morning, our men's Bible study, we were talking about the discipline of devotion in our prayer time. And one of the things that we talked about, why it's important for us to have daily prayer time as men, and this is true for the ladies as well, but us men, we're talking about this. Why it's important. We were gathering together at 7 o'clock in the morning, Saturday mornings, And I appreciate those guys that sacrifice and get out of bed so that they can come and try to instill some godly principles in their life. And one of the reasons why we mentioned in the study together is that it produces godly character. When you are confronted with the righteousness of God and His image is being burned in you, if it's for 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15, however long it is that you're spending time with God, you're going to learn, learn to love as God loves. You're going to love to have grace or learn to have grace as God has grace. You're going to learn to be compassionate as God is compassionate. You're going to learn righteousness as He is righteous, as His image is being burned in us. Guys, it's important we spend time with God every single day. 
whatever the amount of time it is, we spend some time with him. Why? Because the prayer is that Christ is formed in us. That's what Christmas is all about, right? That Christ is formed in us. So how does that happen? Here's my one word. Actually, let me get to something else. There's something else you're going to miss whenever we think about Christmas. We read Luke's account. We read Matthew's account. We, we see that there was Mary and Joseph. And, and uh, we see the crowds were coming to pay their taxes. The shepherds were there. The angels was there. Jesus was being born, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. But if you're not real careful, there's something that you'll miss. They were in the stable because there was no room for them in the inn. Ever since that day. Now, may I remind you that Luke did not ridicule the innkeeper. He did not condemn him. He did not speak hatefully to him. Matter of fact, he brought no attention to him other, other than to say there was no room in the end. But ever since that day, that has been a symbol to all of us that our lives are overly crowded and there's no room in our lives for the Savior. And that's why we go through Christmas every single year, December 25th, and there's no heart change is because there's no room in our heart for Christ to change us. That doesn't say we're bad people. The innkeeper wasn't a bad person. Right? Just the inn was full. And we're not necessarily bad people. Just our schedules are busy. And our lives are overcrowded. And there's not enough room. To spend time with God every day. There's not enough room. To get involved in what God. You see a lot of us want Christ as our Savior. But we don't want to serve him. A lot of us want him as our Savior, but we don't want him as, as our Lord. A lot of us want the, the blessings, but we don't want to do what God's calling us to do as disciples, to follow him. Why? Because there's no room. Guys, we've got to make room. And for our hearts to be changed, for Christ to be formed in us this Christmas, for us to experience Christmas this year where our heart and our lives are changed... Then, guys, we've got to make room. We've got to make room for the Lord in our lives if we're really going to experience Christmas. So what do we have to do? And this is kind of the last word that I want to leave you with. In order for Christmas to come, what must take place? Here's what it is. We must have a desire for Christ to come into our lives. For Galatians 4.19 to take place? We've got to have a desire for that to happen. We must want that to happen. Now, my question is, do you have that desire? Do you have a desire for Christ to come into your heart and change your life? Do you have a desire? Because he's not going to kick the doors down of your heart. He's not going to bully his way into your life. Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Key word, if any man open the door. So my question is, will you open the door of your heart? I'm going to ask the band to come. I want to close out with this parable. In Matthew chapter 13, in verse 45 and verse 46, I want to close out with this as the band is coming. There's a small little parable that just takes a couple of verses to unpack, but it has major, huge significance. And it speaks volumes to us. 
Whenever you look at this parable in Matthew 13, it says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he found one pearl of great price, he went and he sold all that he had and he bought it. Here was this merchant that was going for, from marketplace to marketplace, from city to city, in search of the perfect pearl. As he was going, he had accumulated some wealth. As he was going, he had accumulated some valuable stones. But he was in search of a perfect he runs across it in this parable. And he talks to the dealer of the pearl and he says, Can I purchase the pearl for this amount? And he said, No. This pearl will cost you everything. And he barters a little more and he says, What about this amount? And the owner of the perfect pearl said, No. It's going to cost you everything. And finally, the merchant that was in search of this perfect pearl, he turns around and he lays everything on the counter. Every valuable stone that he had ever possessed, every valuable coin that he had earned, he laid everything on the counter and walked away with this perfect pearl. Now, the parable is this. You understand that a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. The parable is this. The perfect pearl is Jesus. Right? And we can't barter our way and make a deal with God to allow Jesus to come into our heart. You know what it's going to take? It's going to take a desire from us to lay everything on the altar and say, Lord, here am I. Will you come in and be my Lord and be my Savior? I desire for you to come into my heart. So my question to you guys, this Christmas, for Christmas to really happen, Christ has got to be formed in us. And that only happens when we're born again, when we trust Jesus as our personal Savior. It doesn't happen simply because you come to church. You've got to come to a place, a decision, a crossroad where you say, you know, yeah, I am a sinner. And I believe that God sent his only son to die for my sins on the cross and that he was buried and he rose again victoriously. And I'm going to repent of my sins and ask Christ into my heart. And I'm going to begin the process of Christ being formed in me. And there will be a change that will take place. And as that change is taking place, you know what you can say then? Then, and then only, have I really experienced Christmas. Because Christmas is so much more than a day on the calendar. It's so much more than just a tree and gifts that we give one another. Christmas really is about Jesus. And it's about God sending His only Son to the world to redeem us, to make a way 
that we could be in a right relationship with him. So I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Let me just ask you this morning. Do you know him? Do you know Christ as your Savior? Have you come to a place where you've trusted him as your Lord and as your Savior? If not, let me pray with you this morning. Father, right now, as before we sing this song and as we think about what Christmas really is, my prayer is that maybe there's one right now that needs to ask you to come into their heart and into their life for the very first time to be their Lord and be their Savior. If there's one here today, let me help you pray. Pray silently and sincerely as you know how. And repeat after me. Just say, Dear God, I'm a sinner. And I pray that you forgive me of my sins. I place my trust in Jesus Christ. I believe He's God's only Son that lived a perfect life, a sinless life, died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose again. I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today, I give you my heart and I give you my life. I repent of my sins. Today, I'm a changed man or a changed woman. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Head still bowed, eyes still closed. If you prayed that prayer, I just want to say congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. But as I look around, I know there's many in here that are already Christians. Let me ask you, will you really experience Christmas this year? And the only way you can is if you allow it to change you. And if you allow Christ to be formed in you. Will you remain submissive? To the will of God. Let me pray with you. Father, the rest of us here that are Christians every single day, we have to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Every single day, we have to allow ourselves to be pliable so that you can mold us and make us into the person that you would have us to be. Lord, today, we just recommit that we are submitted to you, that you are not only our Savior, you're also our Lord. And God, today I give you my life. I want to leave here a changed man, a changed woman. I really want to experience Christmas this year. And I just pray that Christ would be formed in me. Help me to love as you would love. Help me to be your arms and your feet and your legs. And help me to be a blessing to others. Help me to show grace. Help me to extend forgiveness and mercy. All these wonderful attributes that are yours. Help me to reflect those in my life. Change me. May Christ be formed in me. Lord, we give you our lives and our heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, God bless you all, friends. Hope and pray that you will experience Christmas this year, okay? And it only takes place when Christ is what? Being what? Finish it for me. Formed in you. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360 or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. 
If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call, or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.